welcome to Wonderfully Done, a wholesome show about sex, communication, and loving yourself. Presented to you with love by me, Lauren. And her cheerfully charming friend, Victoria, which of course is I. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, whatever time it is for you, where you're listening from. I hope that you're having a great time. In short, we are two horny sweethearts from Australia who have an insatiable appetite for sex-centric media, horny conversations, human connection, and getting knee-deep in our very empathetic feelings. So with Wonderfully Done, every week, Victoria and I sit down to have a conversation. We read the letters that you write in, we hear the questions that you send, and it basically starts a conversation where we talk about ourselves, our own experiences, some advice and some ideas that you can take and go on your merry way. So you can talk to us about anything to do with sex, relationships, love, and everything in between. It's very important to us that this is a shame-free zone. It's banned. So we're here to help and listen and have chats with you just like being good friends. But it's very important to know that we're not psychologists, sex therapists, or your doctor. We'll always recommend that you get some further help or get some second opinions. But let's get this show on the road. So it's about time I read a question, I dare say. We've got some little little juicy sweet beans for you this week, so you should be very excited. I, I, I can feel it. I can feel it through the, the internet, the podcast provider that you're listening to us through. Very exciting. Here we go. Dear Wonderfully Done, I'm terrible at in-person flirting. Flirting often feels weird and disingenuous. I think my attempts are coming across like motherly affection, even though I'm scarcely outside my 20s. Please save me with your hot tips and tricks for verbal and nonverbal flirting. I really appreciated all the uh, energy in, in the way that this question was written. It really pleases me. And I just appreciate that the person's just coming in hot with something that I think a lot of us worry about is how to flirt, how to do a good, authentic job at it. And I think a lot of us feel a bit awkward or a bit weird. So flirting's a really big topic. It is. And because that's the thing, right? I feel like the way that um, flirting is dramatized and so... So many forms of media is so odd. Like so many things with like love and dating, I think, and, and porn, I guess, really. It's like, I feel like there's these ideas of like how it should be or how it should look like or what is like a sexy or cute way to get somebody's attention, which when you're only thinking in the lens of like sexy or cute, like it's a little bit thin to really get an authentic connection with somebody, which I think probably adds to why some of the interactions look, feel and sound a bit fucking weird. Yeah, I feel like if if there was a camera watching myself and Vix when we're flirting with other people, it's not going to look cinematic. I mean, movies are trying to visually immerse you and visually excite you in an experience because you're not actually having the experience. But when you're actually flirting with someone, you are actually playing with that tension and having that connection. So it will feel different to how it looks. So don't worry if your flirting doesn't look glamorous from the outside, right? (laughs) Oh, it's just such a cute concept. (laughs) (laughs) If we had a film crew around. And I mean, I would say to anyone that feels awkward about flirting, do they feel like they've got a really clear set of values that help them be confident in knowing when it's okay to flirt? Because some people might feel a bit unsure because they're not sure 
is it okay for me to flirt at a work function? Is it okay for me to flirt with someone at work? Can I flirt with someone in my industry? And those are all personal decisions for people to make. But I would recommend everybody have a close look at what is an appropriate flirting space or not. And this person's talking about in-person flirting, not just online. So I'm imagining parties or I'm imagining events and things, but there's a lot of different places to, to flirt in person. Yeah, the choices really are limitless. Like, I mean, personally, I'm like, okay, so like there's like a really weird thing that that comes up on dating apps sometimes. Um, You get a lot of people who are, I mean, this part isn't weird, but people are like, oh, I hate that I have to meet people online. This is terrible. And I'm just like, man, this is just, this is part of dating these days, my friend. So I totally understand that part. But the, the bit I'm a little bit less sympathetic to is where some... Often uh, dudes will say to me, uh, I would definitely approach you at IRL sort of like on the street. And I'm like, oh God, like, no, please. I would hate that. Please don't do that. Like when you're going about your fucking business, just existing, like I'm not sure how hot or cute it is to, to approach somebody randomly. Like, uh, but, you know, context is, is kind of important. Um, maybe there are some people out there who would be flattered by those kind of gestures, but personally, uh, not really my bag. Have you mm, ever had mm. that happen to you, Lauren? Somebody try and do a flirt with you for propers IRL? I, yeah, there's something about me, whether it's like being a long-term like partnered person and things like that, that mm, makes mm. people be less likely to approach me potentially, or I can come across as pretty serious sometimes, like to some people, I think. Um, so I don't have too many people randomly approaching me. I don't have too many people offering me numbers at bars and things like that. Usually I'm the person to approach other people. Um, so, you know, I definitely don't respond to things that are blatantly just sexual harassment. Like, Flirting should That's be not about flirting, mutual... everyone. Exactly. Just so you all know. Flirting is where both people are enjoying the process. <laughs> yes. If both people aren't enjoying the process, then that's sexual harassment. Like, mm. it's not the only test of sexual harassment, but it's a good one. <laughs> that's like, I, I think there was something, not, not the sexual harassment part, but something really nice and um, flirting being something that both people enjoy. And I really like kind of like the initiation of flirting as an idea being like, it's an invitation to an in interlude, essentially. Actually. So it's how to best set yourself up uh, to have that kind of interaction with somebody, which of course there's many different ways to do. And, and the beauty of, you know, any contact with, with human beings is that everybody likes different things. So I definitely don't think there is like a one, a one size fits for this, but I think there's definitely a lot of different kinds of things that you could try. Yes. Flirting really just comes down to expressing interest and expressing interest in a fun, mutually enjoyable way and just navigating the experience of trying to express your interest in someone else. Like this, this listener is talking to us about maybe the attempts are coming across as motherly affection. So I'm projecting here and I'm guessing that this person might be female or they might be being read in a really femme way. There is also a social influence happening here. When you're a woman or if you're a woman attracted to other women or other femmes 
or just when you're having a feminine social experience, you often have to be more direct anyway, because there's an expectation that women will be friendly and will be nice. Yes. So if this person is complimenting, it might be getting taken as, you know, just being affectionate or just being platonic, whether this is a friend or someone who they just met. So just practicing being a little bit direct and practicing a really direct flirt uh, to make it clear so the person can pick it up, put it down. I think that's a really important part of it. I would say the biggest and best advice that I got about flirting when I felt really worried about being creepy, especially to other women, was when someone taught me that the best thing is being able to communicate interest, but you've always got to make it really clear that whether it's in person or online, it's very okay for that person to say no or like, no thanks. So if you're at a party, it's very important that you're not physically like closing in on that person. They've still got a doorway. They can still walk away. You know, you haven't crowded them. You're not in their personal space when you try and directly say to the person that you're interested. But also like if you are messaging this person, say after a party, saying something like, you're really amazing to chat to at the party. I thought you were really gorgeous. I'd love to get a one-on-one coffee and get to know you better or take you out on a date. Regardless, I just think you're a lovely person and it was great that we met. Just to make it super clear that like they have an out if they're not into it. Because there's extra dimensions for me. Is this person into women? I don't know. Am I older <laughs> than this person? I don't know. Like, you know... If this person is at all attached to my industry, am I more senior than them? Like, you've got to be really careful on a whole lot of different levels. So physically or online, making sure that it's super okay and that you're still happy with this interaction and you won't get angry in this interaction if this person is not into the the more direct flirty part. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I hate that that's, that's a, the, a consideration of, yeah, if people getting... Uh... Yeah, angry, which I think is sometimes, you know, sometimes flirting that can be, (sighs) there's a whole difficult thing where sometimes people read you just being nice as flirting, which is difficult (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. Um, and and hard to combat because I, you know, I'm definitely a believer in like, just keep being yourself. Like that's not a reflection of you uh, if, if you haven't sort of directly said that you're interested, like. The biggest thing with flirting, I think, is it's being direct about kind of what you're hoping to have happen, you know? Like, yeah, I guess the question does sound like super a lot, like it's talking about like in person, right? Because like, is that like the way that you enjoy flirting best in person? Um, When you feel the desire to flirt? Like, when is that kind of happening? Is that happening... um, I guess, sporadically as somebody of interest uh, appears? Or is it more something that uh, you kind of sit on for a little while and it kind of fosters and develops and grows and then you think about it for a long time before perhaps approaching somebody in a sort of flirty way? Um, Because that's the, the beauty of, like, I guess, talking on things like online dating apps and things like that because there's already that pre-established expectation that that is the activity that's likely going to be happening there because you, the moment you have the double match is it's somebody has expressed interest in some form, which actually might be a great testing ground for seeing what feels good to you for flirting. Like, I feel like that's a big part of it too, is it's, it's not just about what somebody else will enjoy, but it's how do you enjoy flirting what makes you feel good what makes you feel confident in the way 
that you're trying to connect with somebody, um, which I think that sort of stuff really builds into building some good confidence, which is extremely important in flirting because when you do a flirt and you, and you do your bid uh, to uh, reshape a connection or try and push it in a certain direction that you're interested in, like you are being quite vulnerable and when you're quite vulnerable, you've opened yourself up to, you know, the thing that we hope doesn't happen, which is a no. Mm, <laughs> but, mm, mm. <clears throat> like, that's okay. Like, a no is totally fine. And the more comfortable you get with a no, I think the more kind of daring you can be with your flirting. And by daring, I mean being more upfront. Because with... With so much of flirting, some of it is so subtle and so hard to read that it's kind of hard to know what to make of it. And some people enjoy that kind of like extended tension, like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen or what does this mean? But what a really cool thing to do for somebody is to not give them all this room to make all these kind of random guesses about because you've just been up front. Like, honestly... One of the last flirts that I actually did with somebody, which was on an app, to be fair, you know, the, the world as it is right now. Uh, but I actually just said, you know, I really like your face and I'd quite like to kiss it at some stage. So, yeah, they seem pretty pleased with that. Like, I really do generally start with that I think somebody's cute or pretty or gorgeous or uh, that I like their style or you know when you're attracted to somebody like why are you attracted to them um, whether that be their big beautiful brain or their really cute butt um, probably not always amazing to lead with that really gotta re- <laughs> read the room for that Once one. Once <laughs> you know someone a little bit <laughs> a little, maybe. A little bit. Oh god another person approached me on a dating app recently and like I had a Sailor Moon t-shirt on in it and they were literally like um you know like Sailor Moon and titties or something you know and I was just kind of like oh wow you ruined it already like Ooh. uh what is this and they're like oh you know oh I thought that was a compliment like <laughs> ugh. and I'm like man how's it a compliment to remind me that I've got tits and that I like cartoons like <laughs> I fucking know I took the picture and I put it on the fucking profile <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. And I mean, it's, if somebody is wondering, well, how would I compliment Vix on a dating app? Like, mm, it's not me, just Lauren. to say, how would you it's not just me? to say, <laughs> <laughs> going beyond just saying, wow, like Sailor Moon on some big bazongas or something like that, <laughs> but instead saying, I love Sailor Moon or like Sailor Moon is my favorite cartoon or something like you offer a little bit of yourself in that process. So even if you're complimenting someone's style, getting really specific to say, I extremely love those earrings. I think they're very, very cool. Or, you know, just just in bringing yourself and your preferences a little bit into the conversation is really worthwhile. Yeah, and like, what does if it say there... about you by that? Because that's where the connection moment is, yes. that there might be something that we can connect. Like, because yes. like to that, Lauren, honestly, that's what mm. the most common thing people say to me is, I like your style. And I'm like, mm. okay, cool. Most people Get do. What else do you have for me? Exactly. Like... Exactly. Is it the amazing use of color? Is it the mixing of the textures? Is it like, what is it? Is it the aesthetic that you're going for? Like, what about your style do they really love? Like getting a little bit more specific is really important. And this reader was, they're focusing on in person. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I would say like, if you are in person, if you're talking about 
flirting with someone who you've been friends with for a while, or if you're at a party and things like that, always just trying to have your body language be a little bit physically open. Be very careful about any online guide that says this is the way to do it and follow steps one until 10, because it's about finding the connection and finding the middle, like finding like a playful, a playful sort of shared space emotionally and verbally that you're both enjoying. But Finding a way to authentically visually communicate that you're happy to be around the person. So for some people, that might be a lot of smiling. It might be being close to them physically. It could be a lot of really positive eye contact without being starey, but just like paying very specific attention to them, remembering what they say, like really following up on what they're offering in the conversation. Yeah. And try and use all of your senses to see, is this other person having fun? If you're really wound up and you're waiting to like, lay down this perfect line that's going to be so cool, (laughs) you're going to forget to listen to what they were saying. And you should be paying close attention to, do they seem happy? Do they seem relaxed? Do they seem like they're having fun? Um, I think that that's just a really important part of it is trying to detect the other person. And you can check in with them. And there's a friend of mine that when he flirts with someone in person, if he is getting really, like, unsure about it, he's like, well, I'm really, like, off my game today. I'm a little bit flustered because... Like, you know, I'm really, I'm really excited that I met you. I really, really like you or something like, um, you know, like how, like, I'm trying to flirt with you. Like, how am I doing? You know, like (laughs) just being vulnerable in that way. Be direct, please. Yeah. (laughs) To say, this is what I'm trying right now. How am I going? And that person can be like, oh, like, I'm not actually that interested. Or they can be like, oh, you're doing okay. Or like, you know, a little bit of feedback. That's like a nice vulnerable little strategy, Mm. I reckon. Yeah, if you're willing to put yourself out there, I I think the um the the yields are much better. Like I still remember like, you know, I've always been the sort of person that that approaches people um and I feel like I definitely had one of those where yeah, it, it actually didn't end up being romantic, but I'd like met them at a convention and uh that they'd been dressed up as an avatar character it was that year so he was all painted in blue and was like so I just thought he was so hot I was dressed up as like a cat maid and like he was so flirty and I was like whoa and uh he ended up working not too far away from uh where my flat was at the time so uh I randomly saw him in the store and sort of like said hello and you know and then left and then wrote my number down on a piece of paper and walked back in and gave it to him um you know and after after some nice like yeah it was great to meet you and stuff and yeah so we actually ended up like like having a really beautiful friendship after that um Mm. and I'm really glad that I like gave myself the chance to connect with him and then have what may happen from there like Everything is a chance, and I think I th- I just think taking chances with people is really beautiful and really mm. fun. Like you never know what's underneath the layers of how you perceive somebody, especially when uh, when you don't know them very well. Actually, I don't even know. Especially, I think that's a funny thing. Like even just doing this podcast with Lauren, um, every time we're doing our prep and like. Just some of the things that are coming out of our mouths. It's just like, just this like beautiful deepening of our friendship where she just surprises me all the time. It's just so, so tickly and yummy. So you, you can have that with all kinds of relationships in this world. But um, I think like for being specific, like I guess if like a, if it's a friend or at a party and you, you know, there's sort of like room to talk. Um, mm. You know, I think something that's really cool is like, you know, a lot of people enjoy sort of like sincere interest 
in them yes. and their mm. interests. Uh, so like, you know, a lovely way to strike a conversation up with them, um, if it is someone that you already kind of know a little bit about, like give them the room and space to sort of show off their knowledge about something and ask them questions about it. Like when you're having a nice conversation like that, like there's so many beautiful opportunities to like stand close, have lots of eye contact, lots of beautiful active listening uh, with uh, your facial expressions and, and nodding. Um, and yeah, the insi insightful question asking and, you know, I, I and everybody likes feeling interesting and, and likes feeling heard. I mean, I think feeling seen and heard are some of yeah the the deepest desires of us as people um so just really taking an interest and like see it doesn't have to be like this like like faux sexy weird like that like <laughs> the sexiest shit is uh confidence not being afraid to put yourself out there and getting to know people in, in a very sincere interested way and if something sexy and awesome comes from that fuck yeah and if not maybe you've started like a really nice like soft friendship with somebody which is also nice oh have or we just practiced <laughs> yeah practice practice i mean that's the whole thing like how you're gonna learn how you enjoy flirting is trying a bunch of different things and it's not not just judging it on how the other person responds but judging how you felt through doing that interaction did we have we talked about how the online world is a beautiful place for building uh flirting and taking steps lauren i we have not yet but i would love to talk about that please <laughs> the floor is yours my babe I mean, I would even say for myself, I can be, even though I'm the person that usually expresses interest or asks someone out, I am also a little bit of a coward. So <laughs> if I feel like I'm having a flirty connection with someone or really liking them, I'll spend a little bit of time, try hanging out with them in a few different ways and try and be quite reserved in judging the vibe, you know, not being, not being too assertive verbally or in person but just I'm like hmm, we've got a nice flirty dynamic going but then my comfort zone will be usually to like to message them like to be messaging them after or some kind of online communication oh, I love after a follow up mm, oh yummy. yes I People love a good follow-up follow-ups like absolutely the thing you've just had like a sick time maybe you didn't maybe it wasn't a very good night and then somebody nice thought of you and wanted to yes. touch base like how cute I love Yes. And so I'll try sort of changing the platform and then suggesting the next hangout, but making it clear about what my feelings are before that next hangout. So I'll be like, we've hung out a little bit. It's flirty. It's awesome. I'm like, cool. I'm going to message them and say something like, it's been amazing to get to know you. Like I've really enjoyed X, Y, Z, something that shows that I'm really genuinely paying attention to the yeah. time that we're spending together. And I'd love to hang out and, you know, go and see a movie. And I'd love for that to be a date, but you let me know how you feel. I just want to make my feelings clear. And that's a really like, it's a way that again, that person can pick it up or just leave it, you know, and, and recontextualize it. And I can give them some privacy to recontextualize yeah. it. Sending them a message between one hangout and the next being vulnerable about my feelings up front to say, I'm interested in you and I'd like it to be a date. Let me know what you think. And regardless, like, I think you're an amazing person. That's really good as a strategy. If you are very invested in not having things be awkward with a friend. I think you can be a little bit more like 
in person, hey, would you like to date sometime? If it's an in-person hangout, you don't have a pre-established relationship. But I go for this blend of, is the vibe real in person? And then, um, you know, sort of make my offer online a whole lot of the time. Oh, and I that would it. be my, like, usual I, strat. I make my offer. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I think it's the interesting thing too, right? Like, I feel like different, like, connections or potential connections, like, some of them sit for longer than others. Like, mm. some of them, it's like, I mean, I've got many, many people that I would like to flirt with and have not because I'm baby. Actually, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm also mummy, so it's hard. It's, you know, I flip-flop <laughs> a little bit. Um, also, the opportunities are, like, lower than ever. <laughs> Thanks, coronavirus. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. You've really done wonders for my self-esteem and my dating. Um, I got totally lost my fucking point with that. <laughs> well, I think we're, we are ready to do a little summarize. Is it I time? Think are you sure? I think it is. Oh, my God. So. Okay. Mm. Yeah. No, I remembered. It doesn't matter. You. Uh, this is time to summarize. Hickety hoppity sweet hot tips for, for dating by... Lauren and Vix. <laughs> <laughs> so to summarize, flirting is complicated and it's not going to look like it does in the movies. And practice goes a really long way. Find a good little support team, friends that are happy to do a little flirt practice with you. And practice yourself, you know, say yes to parties that you might not otherwise. And challenge yourself to speak to one person who you don't know, you know, and just practice breaking the ice in that way. And then if you are someone that feels like your flirting isn't being heard as flirting, try some different ways. Maybe try something more direct. Uh, maybe try, you know, if you're spending time in person, then maybe try switching and following up online if that's your comfort zone and starting there a little bit. And uh, yeah, and then with tips and tricks for verbal and nonverbal flirting, there's no magic words. There's no do this, that and the other. But just remember that all you're trying to do is communicate some real genuine interest in the person and just try and really cultivate a bit of a connection, a little bit of a fun feeling between you and the other person and getting creative with it and being OK with a no, getting comfortable with that. Movies don't show you no's, but yeah, no's most of beautiful. us get more no's than yeses. <laughs> what a favor. Then you mm. you know where they're at. It's great. And then if that's not the spot for your flirts to go, you can flutter into the breeze and find a new cutie cutie to flirt who may be open to your flirts. Uh, but I believe in you. And flirting can be really tricky, but it's also when you start to let go a bit. It's really fucking fun. All right, that was a bit fun, wasn't it? Uh, I guess we should get on to the next one. Although I really could talk about flirting for forever and a day, to be quite honest. Oh, flirting, how I miss you. So, here we go. Dear Wonderfully Done, I've been seeing a great guy for a year and a half now. He's sweet, gentle, and my best partner yet. We're pretty open with each other about most things, I think but I find myself holding back when it comes back to talking about finding people attractive in the real world. Is this something I should be able to do? I'm in a monogamous relationship and I don't want him to feel insecure. 
I feel like this reader slash listener has done a really good job of setting up the main points here mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. there is important context. Is the relationship monogamous or not? How long has the relationship been going? What has the feeling been like? You know, how normalized is it to communicate with each other so far? So they've done a good job of laying it out there. Straight off the top to the question of is this something I should be able to do? For most folks that experience romantic or sexual attraction, you will feel attracted to other people, even if you're in a relationship and even if that's a monogamous one. So that is normal. So normal. (laughs) Yeah. In terms of the degree to which you communicate that with a partner, that's the action part. Like you're not responsible for your thoughts and feelings. You will have thoughts and feelings. The what do I do about it? What action or what behavior? That's the sphere that you can kind of communicate about with your with your partner. So when it comes to that, you know, we can break down our thoughts and feelings. But yeah, you can't control being attracted to other people. It is okay to talk uh, to your partner about it. But let's talk about how we can break it down because it is vulnerable. And it's something a lot of people have grappled with to to lesser and higher degrees. Totally. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? It's not like being in a monogamous relationship, like magically turns everyone into the in the world into like a slimy green ogre that you would never look twice at. Like, it's just not realistic. Also, no shame to my ogre loving friends out there. Big love from (laughs) me to you. It's sort of it's a funny one, isn't it? Like this whole sort of personal comfort really kind of is the first part of this to be honest like I feel like my like continually elevating emotional self would love to say like that I was perfectly comfortable with discussing things like this but I know I've been very uncomfortable with it in the past and honestly it's not really something that came up a lot like I I had sort of my first like polyamorous experiences over the about the last year and a half and a bit I think and some of that was some real um crash course in getting comfortable with discussions that at least in my experience of monogamous relationships never really happened I'm not sure I ever had had conversations about being attracted to other people and I can tell you now I was fucking attracted to a lot of different (laughs) different people out there (laughs) I feel like this this world is a, a beautiful buffet of all kinds of different people that are going to make you feel all kinds of different things. And some of that's really fun to explore. And sometimes we don't explore that because we've already made a commitment to somebody else and that's dope. But mm-hmm. it feels like a really great place to sort of start working here is maybe it, like, I'm, re- I'm reading, perhaps putting words into the question asker's mouth, <laughs> but it sounds like maybe, like, is there some sort of guilt here? Like, even sort of the, the framing around, like, I don't want to make him feel sort of insecure. Like, you can't really get someone else to feel insecure. Like, that's kind of about... Like, that's their feeling. They're having that feeling, um, and you can't really take responsibility for that. You can, in a moment where they discuss their feelings of insecurity around something, and you can take that as an opportunity to, um, you know, 
double down on uh, your your feelings for them um, and support them and and hold their hand if you should so choose to do that if they're experiencing that feeling. But you can't really take responsibility for it outside of that. I realize that's sort of all well and nice to say on paper, but you know, a lot harder to sort of roll with uh, in the real world. Um, it's just like attraction to people in the world despite your current relationship status is just so natural and normal. We were just, we were doing some um, light research <laughs> on, on, on Google and being like, what are, what are the common responses to questions like this? And um, it turns out that they were heinous. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of Christian stuff. <laughs> yeah, we, we do not support the, the shaming, uh, <laughs> unrealistic values expressed on Google.com. <laughs> Uh, we uh, respect monogamy. We respect really? non-monogamy. Hell yeah! But you know, but the some of the things that people say, the rules that people want to make to say, do this, don't do that. You know, it's or even in monogamy that your partner has to fulfill every one of your needs, and if it's the ultimate relationship, they'd never be attracted to someone else, or <sighs> that you know, you're yeah. the absolute zenith of their experience of attraction and things like that, and that's just way too much pressure to put on anyone. So much pressure! How can you truly be somebody's everything? Like, that just seems wild to me. I feel like the older I've gotten and the more beautiful people that I've added to my life. Like I literally, I, I cannot imagine somebody being able to not saying I like fully could do another monogamous relationship, but I, I don't, I don't believe that somebody could truly fulfill me and in, in all the ways I need to be fulfilled. Like the amount of love that I get and, and tender care and kindness uh, and, and, you know, acts of, service from uh, the the people in my life like I'm so fucking spoiled and I just I can't I mean if you're out there being beautiful partners slash partners uh, I'm available but um sorry (laughs) (laughs) I love it I love it okay I love it I love it what I think is a problem here is these discussions aren't happening frequently enough, which I think makes them feel even more taboo when you kind of mix them with all the weird myths around whether you're allowed to even experience the attraction or not. Like, yes, a hundred percent. And in my personal life, like I've definitely felt threatened by a partner finding or expressing attraction to someone, especially if that person's appearance or body type is like diametrically opposed to mine. Like if if a partner is like, (laughs) Oh, I love, I'm so attracted to this person. And they're like blonde and really tall and really slim and like very like traditionally Western beauty. I have definitely felt very threatened by that. And in that process, I have gotten to the point where I'm able to say that I need some reassurance, you know, and not have it be a nasty thing where I've shamed my partner that they're attracted to someone, but just be like, I'm really happy for you. Yeah, she's got beautiful eyes. Like, can you reassure me that you also love my big juicy (laughs) chest and my jubbly wobbly (laughs) thighs and things like that? And I've normalized needing that little bit extra or just being able to say like, it's extremely okay that you're attracted to that person. I'm feeling a little bit insecure about it, but that's but that's absolutely my thing. That's yeah. not their fault for and having it. And I appreciate that okay. you talked about it. You know? Mm. And that's the lovely thing is then when you're honest about how you feel, 
uh, then they have an opportunity to do the reassurance and then you can carry on your merry motherfucking way. Like, we love that. That's so nice. Um, and that, that's the thing about these conversations is like, they may be uncomfortable, but it doesn't mean that they are conversations that you should shy away from if that's a way that you would really like to connect with your partner. Like, <clears throat> the question of, is this something I should be able to do? Really, the only person that can answer that is you. Some people will experience uh, different uh, attraction to people, and that's their own personal thing. And they enjoy that inside. And don't talk to other people about it. Some people might tell their close buddies and friends about it and have some giggly wiggly chats about it, you know? That's also fine. And some people, you know, might want to do creative role plays <laughs> with their existing partner or they they might want to <laughs> reach out to them to engage them in group sex. I don't know. The, the, the options are really limited and I think until you start having these kind of conversations with your partner and sort of gauging the temperature of where things are at now like then you can sort of move from there and whatever way feels interesting but if the only sort of uh, goal is like having them not feel insecure which if you're the sort of person who who wants to share and feel suppressed because you can't like uh, sometimes like there are areas, yeah, that you really want to develop intimacy in, and it can seem like not a very big problem at the beginning, but things like that can kind of, kind of grow and become wedges, you know? They can spiral and being able to develop trust by knowing that your partner is attracted to people, but you're, you've got an agreement about the behaviors or actions that are okay, whether you're in a relationship where hitting on that person or sleeping with that person is okay, or you're in a relationship where, you know, it's, it's okay to be attracted to that person, but not to verbally fantasize about mm -hmm. them. You know, it's, you can develop trust with the partner by being vulnerable. And so being able to open the conversation to say, Hey, like, I love you. You're so hot to me. I'm so satisfied in this relationship. I'm having a great time. I just want to make it clear that it's normal for us to experience attraction to other people. Yeah. It doesn't have to be something that we're scared about. It's something that I haven't practiced talking about much, but because you're so kind and we have such a good connection, I want to practice trust mm, with you. And I feel by safe knowing. doing that. Like, and that's such exactly. a... I mean, that's a thing, right, to, to develop the courage to be able to have some of these harder conversations. It's because you feel like there is a foundation of trust there and that somebody's not going to reject you and will still, like, love you for something that you can't control, which they definitely <laughs> should, right? <laughs> I feel like if somebody wants to give you the fucking chuck because you experienced an attraction to somebody, like... There is some red flag. Yeah, big red flag. I think there's some real discussions about expectations that need to happen there. Uh, because if to be with somebody, you have to be somebody else or suppress parts of yourself that are important to you. Or at least, yeah, or even if it's not important to you, it kind of seems a bit arbitrary. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, we're all entitled to, to different things activate us, different things upset us. Um, but some 
are not very reasonable or conducive to a happy and connected relationship. And sort of like, the fact is, you're, you're with the partner and you continue to choose to be with them in this monogamous relationship. And by you having an attraction that you can't control, that does not threaten that relationship. And I feel like it's a it's going to be a vulnerable time ahead for that reader mm-hmm, to have those mm-hmm. conversations and it will be practice and you might accidentally hurt feelings of each other. Yeah. But this is a really good thing to practice talking about because a culture of not talking about like sexual thoughts or attractions or interests, whether they're vague or serious, that's when you get into some really difficult territory there. But I feel like, you know, to summarize, we're basically saying that most folks will experience attraction and it's inevitable that you'll be attracted to others, even when you're in a really happy, satisfied, monogamous relationship for a year and a half with a really, really great guy. And it's worth working on your own guilt first, knowing that you are entitled to be attracted to other people and that that's okay and you don't need to feel guilty about it. And then once you have processed your own taking up your own space in that way, coming to the conversation with the partner to say, I want us to to chat about this sometimes, or at least I want to make it clear that it's okay for us to talk about. And then it's just a gentle exploration and a process to figure out what works, the who's and the how's, and it'll be it'll be a process. It'll be a vulnerable one, but we believe in you. And uh, my little homework book would probably be um, reading The Ethical Slut. So that book centers a lot around non-monogamy, around poly stuff, but it does still have a lot of value for people that are in monogamous relationships. It talks a lot about the abundance of love and attraction and jealousy and all sorts of things in a very, very practical, approachable way, even if you are monogamous. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right, is I think that's one of the most exciting areas of um, the different uh, veins under, sorry, I think I said veins umbrella. Anyway, the non-monogamy umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole, one of the biggest parts of how you make non-monogamy work is because you communicate all the time about everything and you accept that there will be hard conversations and uncomfortable feelings that you will have to talk about for things to work. And I really think that some of those things would be really, really beneficial to a lot of monogamous relationships out there that will really help to bring you closer and really create some really special, deep intimacy. Gorgeous. Well, that moves us on to our next segment, which honestly, Lauren, I would really like to get a special audio for. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's time for Fun. Lonely Lane. Da, 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 uh, that's the best that I've got off the cuff. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, this week, I learned about something new. And by learned about it, I mean that somebody told me about it on a dating app. So I'm probably going to read out loud to you what they sent to me. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, on my dating profiles, I have that I am interested in goddess worship because I would really like my pleasure to be someone else's pleasure to give me that pleasure. Doesn't that sound lovely? Please brush my hair, sweet angel, and tell me how beautiful and wonderful I am. Who Like, good stuff. So, since I had, you know, expressed an interest for some, you know, some me-centric loveliness, uh, I was introduced to something I hadn't heard before, which was OM, which is orgasmic meditation. 
Now, uh, it is defined on one website as orgasmic meditation is a unique wellness practice that combines mindfulness with the power of the deeply human, deeply felt experience of orgasm. OM puts you in touch with your body and your sexuality during the practice. One person strokes another person's clitoris for 15 minutes with no goals other than sensation. OM is safe, systematic, as it's always done in the same way. Three, uh, wow, I don't know. I don't know what that word is, but you don't need to get anywhere. (laughs) And four, intimate, done with two people. But also, you can definitely do this alone. I do not, do not believe in this only partnered experience business that's happening on this particular website. But I thought it was very interesting. So I, you know, asked this, this, this gentleman to uh, to describe it to me. The beauty of having your age settings a bit higher. Thank you, uh, lovely man. Um, so he has described it as the specific practice is for the striker, them, to stroke your upper left quadrant of your clitoris for 15 minutes. There is a strict way to do it. And get this everyone delightfully they if you're doing it with a partner they set up a nest for you which i really enjoy the idea of that somebody's made a comfy cozy space uh especially for something enjoyable to happen to me in um then you, then they they do the nest set up you take your bottom half off and lay in it with your legs supported i sit next to you with a leg crossed across you so that I can stroke your clip with my left forefinger while my right thumb rests in your... Anyway, anyway, it really goes on. <laughs> but Detail. why I think it's interesting is it's, it's not about coming, you know? It's actually all about just setting this, this time aside to enjoy this sensation on your body without any preconceived notion of what the outcome will be that it's the the great thing is it's not outcome based it's it's pleasure feeling connection based uh which i think is really lovely uh it's one of those things there's some interesting stuff about it if you google it it's like this is a cult so it's (laughs) it's like lots of things in life you know take what you like and leave the rest (laughs) yes Yes. But, um, I think really setting up like special delightful time to focus on touch that isn't centered around orgasm or fucking is really nice. Like there's lots of really delightful ways to touch each other's bodies. And I just feel like sometimes it's just, there's just too much pressure on uh, this is, this is a come thing and we've done a good job when everyone's come, you know, <laughs> I just can't live absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And especially like folks with clits, like a whole bunch of them will not experience orgasms from that kind of contact, yes. but it could be really nice just to have some sustained, relaxed, no outcome based experience where you are getting a bit of a massage and your comfort and sensation is up there <sighs> instead of orgasm outcomes. Yeah. I mean, I think that that sounds really nice. The massage are one of my favorite places. How delightful. Mm. That's the whole thing That's about really it. Is it's really focused around stress relief mm. as well. So mm. 
maybe for those of you out there uh, who have partners and if you have a partner with a clit, uh, perhaps uh, have a little have a little play with that. Maybe give have some, a little Google. Have a little Google. Uh, give some little, little special attention. We've got nothing but time mm. on our hands. <laughs> and if you are just a person who has a clit on their own, like maybe design your own little meditation session that you do let go again of of orgasm outcome based masturbation stuff and just make it some self sensual touch you know i oh, could yeah. do with that that sounds yeah, great maybe I, i'll give that a go I, th- I think we should have a try i'm like very mm. interested to give it a go this week although mm. uh, funnily mm. enough we were doing uh research for this i was like but perhaps i'll watch some videos on it um and the first video that I found was like uh, pussy meditation, uh, which I had a little a little look at through some of that, which looked very delightful. Just a lovely voice talking to to you, and you know that classic meditative video kind of way. Um, but you sit there and and give yourself a stroke. How delightful! <laughs> so I OM thank you for what you have opened my world to this week. <laughs> I'm very excited to explore you further and report back. Well, I love it. And once we've gone past our little learning lane, we also like to try and do a weekly wonderful. So, you know, we're still in lockdown, you know, recording this in Melbourne. So a whole lot of things are tough and gratitude's important. So this is a little section where we talk about something we've loved this week. You might like to check it out as well. And for us, you know, we've just launched the first episode and the trailer a few days ago. And Victoria and I have been so absolutely touched. We have been brought to tears by how lovely and moving the feedback has been from people that have listened. People have been checking it out. People have been sharing themselves and really just making us feel like we're achieving our goals here, which is to have this wholesome, supportive community. It's meant so much, hasn't it? Oh, I just like my little face is just like just a giant grin. Even just like just even though we've already talked about it and I, I already know, but um, yeah, just... I'm just, I'm really surprised. <laughs> Not in the way that I don't think that we're making something that I hope could be interesting to people, but, you know, listening to a podcast is no small feat. That's like 50, 50 minutes, you know, for for in the case of what, what we're making here. And the fact that people took an interest that we were making it, um, were so supportive of the day that we launched it, but we had people telling us how much they enjoyed it on the day it came out, and it was just... I just really, I feel like I don't actually even have good words, but I just really want to say thank you so much. And if you did listen to the first episode and you've like come back again, oh, thank you so much. Oh my goodness. I'm just (laughs) so gushy and delighted right now. (laughs) But we're podcast dating. If someone went past listening to one episode, we're doing good. (gasps) Oh my God, we might be podcast dating. (laughs) I hope we showed you a good time. <laughs> intrigued for more but seriously thank you thank you so much the podcast is now up on more platforms you can find us on google podcasts on stitcher we're on spotify now we're on pocket casts and we'll be on more platforms soon so if you're really liking this if you can leave reviews if you can think about dropping us a question 
Uh, You can hang out with us on Twitter. You can check out our Curious Cat for anonymous feedback or anonymous questions. It would mean the world. It makes the show even better. And we are more motivated than ever to spend this time with you. It is. Today was a hard day and I I didn't even know if we'd be able to record. But even just discussing through our questions and getting prepped and obviously, you know, Lauren's beautiful fucking energy. uh, It's just vibed me up. And yeah, just sitting here. Yeah, very smiley. Okay, words good. I'm super good <laughs> positive podcaster. Yay. But something that I actually really did want to talk about, uh, Lauren mentioned feedback as well for our curious cat, and someone sent us uh like one of our first anonymous feedbacks, which I'm super excited to talk to you about. Uh references one of the conversations that we had in our first video where we were talking about the loveliness that is tummies. And so their comment was I'm someone who loves people's bellies and thinks that they are a truly attractive and sexy part of a person. I've always felt guilty as it tends to be something people really hate about themselves and I never want to focus on something that could make someone uncomfortable or fetishized. Thanks for sharing your journeys on learning to love and accept your bodies. It's made me feel like it's not as taboo a topic as I've held it to be and it's something I'd be able to discuss and be more open about with partners in future. I love what you're doing and you're both amazing. That was just so lovely to read. That's just 100% nail on the head what I want from this. Yeah. That people don't feel like they're alone. They feel like they've got permission to like what they like. And for them to know that, yeah, we're all on journeys. We're all imperfect. We're all doing our best. But there can be more loving, squishy, affectionate futures for all of us. Truly. Like, and I just think this is lovely too. Like being brave enough to, to let your partners know specifically things that you like about their bodies. Like I, I've always like been so self-conscious about my thighs and just, it's been a, I'll probably talk about it a bajillion times on this podcast, but really like some, some deep shame and dislike. And it was kind of, Having a couple of partners uh, who really specifically called out that part of my body and how much they loved it and how sexy it was, it just really helped me to find a bit more love for it in that time. So through being, and it it may be a little bit uncomfortable at first because they might not even be used to somebody drawing specific positive uh, energy and attention to that part of their body. So Maybe lovely to be part of that journey, hopefully, of continuing to build some more lovely softness towards towards their bod. Yeah. I still remember the first time I had a partner when I was talking about weight and they were saying, well, you could be bigger. Like, I might, I might, I would probably be really into that if you were bigger. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, I just didn't respond gracefully whatsoever or almost took it as a negative. But then later I was like, I have permission to put on weight. <laughs> what? Yeah, like, it would be okay. You know, I would still be yeah, desirable. <laughs> I would still be desirable to them. And it just like blew my mind blew my mind and it stuck out so much for me. So, you know, you, dear reader and listener, you are so lovely for reaching out and letting us know how that helped you feel that way. And I'm fucking glad that you like bellies. Fuck yeah! Kiss those bellies with permission and consent. But please don't let go of what you're really into because you won't get over it. (laughs) Yeah, no, they get to a certain point in life, right? And you're like, nah, that's just, I really like that. (laughs) 
that sweet, sweet belly action. That's for me. Stroke him, kiss him, give him a nestle nuzzle. <laughs> so many beautiful things you could do with bodies. Like, oh, the, the sky's the limit. And, uh, well, I guess we should probably wrap it up because we've been talking for a really long time. So, my darlings, thank you so much for joining us today for this episode. As we might have mentioned before, if you do have a question or some kind of feedback or just want to share some words with us, please do. That would be fucking sick. Uh, you can slide into our DMs uh, on Twitter at Done Wonderfully. I know, confusing because it's our name backwards, but it's the best we could do. Or <laughs> you can slip us an anonymous message at CuriousCat.QA slash done. And I'm happy to report that Wonderfully Done actually can be downloaded at most places you would listen to your podcasts. And hey, you're doing wonderfully.